You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome to episode 228 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast. We are brought to you today by our beautiful, sexy, good-smelling Patreon patrons and GameAt.eu for pre-painted terrain and neoprene mats and STL files and also PanHandle3D.com for all of your 3D printed terrain needs. If you don't have a printer, guess what? They do. They've got lots of printers. And you can get 10% off GameAt.eu for Event 10, and you can get 10% off at PanHandle3D.com with Podcast 10. And what do you know? We've got a new Patreon patron. That's right. Everybody give a warm welcome to Mitch for supporting the show. Thank you so much, Mitch. So I messaged Mitch, and I said, Hey, Mitch, you got anything burning on your mind? Do you have anything that you want to say? Is there anything that you really, really want to talk about? And I just thanked him for being a Patreon patron and all that. And Mitch had a lot to say, actually. He started ranting and raving against GW. I mean, like, like actually scared me. I was like, whoa, dude, this is really scary. Like, Mitch, calm down. And he was typing in all caps. And then he made it like red text towards the end. And then he started bolding it. And like everything was just like so angry. And I was like, Mitch, calm down, man. This isn't the vibe we're going for. No, actually. None of that happened. I was like, hey, Mitch, you got anything on your mind? And he's like, nope. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. And he's like, yeah, I just figured I'd support the show because I've listened to most of your episodes. And I was like, oh, well, that's nice of you. I appreciate it, Mitch. So. <laughs> so speaking of the show, what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about how video games make me sad. <laughs> that's, that's a nice topic, right? That's uplifting. It's exciting. We also talk about the new Exalted Chaos Lord for Slaves to Darkness, that miniature, whether we want that or we want that not. And then also, an old, old, I shouldn't call him old. I mean, like, he's listened to the show for a long time. He's not old, but uh, an uh, old, long-time listener. <laughs> he's my age, so you can't, don't call him old, okay? A long-time listener, I should say. Nate writes in and talks about things that he wants to talk about. I won't get into the details of it. You just listen to that segment and you'll enjoy it. He talks about other game systems and things like that. He also mentions that he's still missing two of the emu from his emu farm from our Halloween party. Anyway, what have I been up to? I'm still working on Brittle Space. I ordered um, new test copies, but I'm still making adjustments and all of that. And what else? That's been most of my mornings and nights before and after work. And also... I've been working on my spaceship um, bridge and sick bay and engineering and all that. And that was, that's was that been a lot of fun. I'm a lifelong Star Trek fan. It's my very favorite IP, even above Warhammer. And uh, what I'm doing now is I found a bunch of... It's called Elkar's menu system. If you're not a Star Trek fan, you won't even know that. But there's specific layout of their computers. is called Elkar's. And I found a several, many images of those, and I measured how big the screens are, got the dimensions of the real-world screens on the computers, and then I made images that size in 300 DPI, um, that's high resolution, and they printed out on photo paper really nicely, so now I'm gluing them in the screens. It's kind of super frustrating because they're very, very small. Think of trying to glue with super glue a piece of photo paper that's been cut down to, I don't know, a quarter inch by an eighth of an inch. 
and you're trying to get that straight in the computer terminal. It is not easy, and it's pretty frustrating. But I am I am enjoying it, and it does look really awesome. It's far better than my first attempt, which was me hand-painting the terminals, which did not look terrible, but the buttons, even as small as I was trying to make them, the buttons ended up being too big in scale with the miniatures. So this is actually printed in scale with the miniatures, and it looks infinitely better. Plus, it's not hand-painted, so the, the lines are straighter and all that. But anyway, that's what I've been up to, and I think I'm going to cut it here because we have a pretty long real talk going on about the way video games make me sad. All right, let's get on with it. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Well, look at the time. It's time for the Tesseract mailbox, and this week we have a longtime listener, Nate, writing in. If you guys recall from the Patreon Halloween event uh he was the one that hosted the party and had the emu farm i think i said that weird emu farm and which mandy and another one uh rustled rustled emu anyway he writes in the uh subject is join us yo 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 what up pimp just finished the latest episode 227 great as always i wanted to write and say that i think it's great that you're expanding out beyond gw and their flagship games i realize a lot of your audience may be focused on them but maybe just maybe you can open someone's eyes to the wide real world of miniature wargaming there are so many great rule sets and miniature companies out there that are doing terrific work hell you're part of that with brutality and your upcoming spin-offs brutal space etc and I know you're not into historicals right now, but the inexorable march of time draws us all to them eventually. Ha ha ha. <laughs> it does seem like it's an old guy hobby. Uh, for some reason, you hit like 50 years old and all of a sudden you love Napoleon for some reason. I don't know why. Plus, if you start to dig into the true history of our species, the stuff you find makes fantasy pale in comparison. Yeah, I imagine that's probably true, Nate. There's all sorts of craziness. Just the Bible alone. Like, the Bible is nuts with all the stuff that's in it. Um, anyways, don't want to drag this on too long. Even though I'm not really into Warhammer anymore, I still listen just to hear your sweet, sultry voice on Monday mornings. Keep up the great work, my friend. Until next time, may your dice always roll sixes. Nate. P.S. I'm still missing two emus, so if anyone has any info, you know, hit me up. Thank you very much, Nate. I appreciate it. Um, Nate is one of our Patreon patrons, by the way. And uh, Nate's a great guy. I met him at Shorehammer, like, gosh, maybe our first Shorehammer? Uh, he's got a whole crew that he runs with, and uh, they're like an hour away from me or something. They're vaguely in our general vicinity, but they're too far, really, to like frequently game with or anything like that. But um, I believe they came to the first Shorehammer, or at least the second Shorehammer. It's... We've had seven Shorehammers now, so my memory's getting fuzzy. But um, yeah, I've known Nate for quite some time. And uh, I'm glad, you know, I didn't even know he still listens to the podcast. So I'm glad he does, because we have not had a letter from Nate in, I don't even know how long. Once again, my memory sucks. But thank you for writing in, Nate. I do appreciate it. And like I said with the War Games Illustrated magazine, it really did open up my eyes to a whole world of other things other than just Warhammer. And... I'm not going to say that I'm going to turn to historicals anytime soon because that doesn't necessarily interest me, but it is really cool to see other people with the passion for something that's in the same wheelhouse as what you like, but it's just a different version of it. And that's also why we're including different types of games at Shorehammer now, like uh, Flames of War. They had two big Flames of War tournaments at Shorehammer this year, and we had a local club run that, 
And the reason why is because I really think it would be cool if Shorehammer was obviously still including Warhammer and all that, but including a whole breadth of different war games. Because then you go, oh, what's over there on that table? And you go over there and you see things and you're exposed to things that you're not normally exposed to. And I just think it's really cool. I would love to have a wargaming convention that plays all the different games. And that way, people that play more than one brand of game can play at that convention. And then maybe it opens your eyes to other things, just like you said. So that is the goal that we're going towards in the future. This year, we had our first Horus Heresy event. It was a narrative event, but it was our first Horus Heresy event. And this year, we had um, two Flames of War events. And... Uh, there's been talk of Marvel Crisis Protocol for next year and some other things. So I, um, I'm really happy that we can get people together and expose them to new things. And I didn't mean for this talk to end up about Shorehammer, but what you're saying, Nate, in your email is exactly what we're trying to do at Shorehammer. And I'm in the same mindset as you on that topic. Like I've said before, guys, don't be afraid to look around. It wasn't until I started Brutality that I started looking into like Etsy, like 3D printed miniatures, and there are innumerable numbers of miniature companies. A lot of them do not have games related. Some of them have their own game rule sets. Some miniature companies make miniatures that other rule sets that don't make miniatures. You get what I'm saying? This company just makes miniatures, but then this other company just makes rules and then they partner up, you know? There's a just a, a plethora of different companies that make miniatures or game rules. And there's a lot more than just Warhammer out there. So if you're ever interested in the truest essence of the hobby, the terrain making, like my buddy Pumpcron, uh, <laughs> the handmade terrain, custom terrain, or just painting miniatures or making your own rules or buying things out of the Warhammer brand, there's a million places to go. But to your one statement, Nate, you're correct. My listeners are 99% Warhammer players because it's Pimpcron's Warhammer podcast. So that will never change. I'll always talk about Warhammer. It, that's always going to be the main focus. But I will just sneakily insert some other companies once in a while, some different products, things you've never heard of. And then, you know, maybe one or two of you will pick up something else. I think the more players there are in any given market the healthier the market is because it keeps prices lower. It keeps innovation up and uh, it doesn't allow any monopolies. Games Workshop more or less has the monopoly on the wargaming industry. I know there's weird games. There's Mantic games. There's a bunch of you know, the Corvus belly or I've just messed his name up. But anyway, your infinities and all those different companies, they are out there, but none of them have the market share that Games Workshop does. And, you know, you complain about Games Workshop's prices, you complain about their blah, blah, blah. But as long as they have the monopoly and the stranglehold on the industry, they're going to be in that top dog spot and they're going to be able to do things that you may not agree with. So I'm not at all saying abandon Warhammer. I love Warhammer, but maybe you know, get a develop a wandering eye for other different systems. And I think... The more systems there are out there, the better off we all will be systemically. I don't know. Call me old-fashioned. All right. Well, thank you, Nate, once again for writing in. You can reach me at pimpcron at gmail.com or facebook.com slash pimpcron or Instagram with only one P, pimcron. I'll talk to you on the other side of this music. Want that? 
or want that lot. On this edition of Want That or Want That Not, we are covering the new Slaves to Darkness, Exalted Hero of Chaos. All right, so what is the deal with this model? Um, okay, picture a Slaves to Darkness Chaos model. Okay, he's in the, all the armor. He's got the horns on his helmet. He's got a sword and shield. He's got a cape, right? Picture that in your head. All right, well, you already know what the Exalted Hero of Chaos looks like because he is remarkably unremarkable. He will definitely be lost in a crowd. He will not be easy to be picked out in a lineup if he commits a crime. He is extremely, extremely bland. Does the model itself look actually bad? I mean, no. It is just your extreme generic. He's got the Baroque armor. He's got the sword. He's got the helmet. Oh, he's got a skull on his helmet. Oh, He's got a little tuft of hair on the skull, which makes no sense at all. He's got a cape, but guess what? He's really edgy. His cape is shredded. That's right, brother. Nah, I mean, it's just, there's just nothing to say about this guy. He might be good stats-wise. I don't know. I really don't care. I'm not buying this model. I have a Slaves to Darkness army. I have no interest in buying this guy. $35, Exalted Hero of Chaos, and... I mean, I think, to be honest, I think this model was AI-generated. I think that's basically what it is. GW was like, hey, uh, AI, they're using AI for everything now. Hey, AI, um, make me a Chaos Warrior, but put him on a bigger base? And then this is what they got. That's basically, I don't know, man. There's a million other cool-looking units in this army, but the Exalted Hero of Chaos absolutely is not one of them. If you put him... With your Chaos Warriors, you are going to lose him in the crowd. He does not look interesting in any fashion. I don't think it's a bad model. I just think for $35, you can kitbash something that looks infinitely cooler than this guy. I guess that's a want that not for me. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. For the Real Talk today... I wanted to discuss something that saddens me deeply. That's right. Video games. Video games sadden me deeply. Am I talking about endless microtransactions? No, not specifically in this. Am I talking about how no video game practically comes out finished and they have day one patches and then week one patches and then month one patches? No, no. Not specifically. I'm not really talking about the gaming industry itself. This topic is actually more about me, and I don't know if it's just me. I need some of you to chime in. Is it just because I'm getting older? Is it just because I'm busier? Is it just because I've got so much going on in my life, like I'm sure all of you do as well with work and family or other obligations? I'm really sad that I really can't enjoy video games anymore. Now, I used to spend countless hours on Morrowind on my PC. I remember at one time, when I was a teenager, my brother and I would fight over who had been on the computer more because we both wanted to play Morrowind. We would spend countless hours playing Morrowind. Now, I probably didn't play as much as some of you did because my parents would kick me outside and just go, go do something. And that's when I would take like magnifying glasses to pop ants and stuff or make find a worm and then shove the worm in the anthill and then it would come out covered in ants because they're 
attacking it, and it would flail around. Yeah, it was some of the stuff I'm not entirely proud of, but I was a little kid, and that's how you entertained yourself in the 90s without constant smartphones and internet. So that's just, that's what we did, right? It was a very different time, but I'm going off on a tangent here. The point is, is that I was able to put tons of time into my Morrowind campaign, into my Morrowind character, right? Or I could beat Kirby's Dreamland on the NES because I would come home from school. Once I did my homework, I could get on the NES and I could play that. Or PlayStation games. Oh, man, the uh, Lunar 2 Eternal Blue or the Vandal Hearts or any of those games I would just pour endless hours into and I would get lost in those games and I would love it. Do you know that I never really played the Sims game the way you're supposed to play it? I don't know how many of you actually ever did play the Sims game on PC, like, you know, give them a job and make them eat and all of that. I was not interested in any of that day-to-day stuff at all. Matter of fact, I would put in cheat codes so that they were never thirsty, never hungry, etc., etc. And I would just play God mode all the time. But you're like, what would you do? How would you spend all your time, Pimcron? Well, what I would do is I was a huge comic book fan. So I would go on the skin decks. That sounds like a porn site, but it's not. The, the skin decks was a place, I think it still exists, and it was skins for your Sims people. And I downloaded all the superheroes. Well, all the Marvel superheroes. And I had Spider-Man. I had all of Spider-Man's, you know, Scarlet Spider, Venom, Doc Ock, all that. I had all the Avengers. I had all the X-Men. And I had supervillains, and I would make a house for each one of them. I don't know why I did this. I was a little kid. I don't know why I did it. But the point is, is I would download all these things, and I would make a Spider-Man house with Aunt May and Mary Jane and Peter Parker and Scarlet Spider and all those different characters. And then I would give them each their own bedroom, and then I would decorate the bedroom. <laughs> And like, you know, Spider-Man's would be like red carpet, blue floor, sort of whatever. Scarlet Spider would be more red than blue. Whatever. You get my point. I would spend countless hours just not really playing Sims, just building houses and making it so that it was themed for those people. And now that I've said that, that sounds incredibly sad. But the point is, is I loved video games and I had, I guess, plenty of time to play them. And yes, this does make me feel slightly embarrassed I'm admitting all this because it's kind of sad. But I I assure you, I did have friends. I promise you, I did have real life friends. Anyway, the point is, is that I hear this echoed from a lot of people my age that as you're starting to approach 40 or maybe you're starting to approach 30 or whatever, your life kind of catches up to you. And I've said this before, but there's only so many hours in the day and you really only have enough personal time around your family, children, work, whatever to really only have one hobby or maybe if you're lucky, two hobbies. That's all you have time for. You really don't have time for all the things you used to do. And at least personally, it really makes me sad because I see all these games on Steam on um, on the computer and I'm like, man, I'd love to play that game. Oh, man, I'd love to play that game. And what I find myself doing, which I think a lot of you probably do as well, is instead of actually buying the game because I don't really want to dedicate the time to playing that game, I end up listening to reviews of the games because I have uh, uh, YouTube premium. So I turn off my screen and I can be painting or cleaning the house or working in the yard or whatever with my 
earbuds in and I can be listening to YouTube videos. And I listen to reviews of the games. I might even listen to two reviews for the same game. And then I feel like I pretty much played the game in 15, 20 minutes. I feel like I got the gist of the game. And once in a great while, if one of them really strikes my fancy, I will actually buy the game and I will play it like Symphony of War or some of the other ones that recently I've actually bought some games. But the problem is, is I don't feel comfortable dedicating enough time to video games. And the problem is, back when I was younger, I didn't have an issue dedicating so much of my time playing these video games. But now I just feel like it's a waste. Like, no matter what I do in the video game world, right? I could craft a house, I could mine, I could beat the boss, I could do whatever I want in any of these games. But at the end of the day, when I turn off my computer, it's gone. It doesn't exist. It's not really there. And then it, it like works its way into my mind. And I go, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing? If I go and sit down and I paint a miniature, guess what? When I'm done painting, I have a painted miniature, right? Okay, if I go power wash my house, or if I go plant a garden, or if I do literally anything in the real world, I have something to show for it. But unfortunately, the video games, I've got absolutely nothing to show for it at the end of the day. I don't even care if you get the Steam achievements or the Xbox achievements or any of that. At the end of the day, if your computer crashes and your hard drive's gone, kaput, then you've got no record of spending all those hundreds of hours in that video game world. Now, I've had this conversation before. I've had it with a lot of different people, and most people always come back at me with, well, you enjoy playing the game while you're playing it, and you're playing it for the enjoyment. And I go, you know what? You're right about that. And if you have the free time, or if it's high enough on your priority list for gaming to be one of your main hobbies, then sure, you do enjoy your time. And really, I guess enjoyment is not time lost, is it? Even if you've got nothing really to show for it, you did unwind, you relaxed, you chilled out, and you got to immerse yourself in some other sort of world. But I also say to that, that I could enjoy myself playing Warhammer with a real person and developing a friendship. I could spend that time and paint a model, and now I actually have a model. I enjoy painting the model. I could work on brutality and enjoy working on brutality, and then I have a finished product when I'm done. Like, there are things in the world that will both give me enjoyment, and I have something to show for it. Versus a video game in my mind, I may enjoy it while I'm playing, but I've got nothing to show for it. And that really does make me sad, because uh, James plays a lot of video games. His two main hobbies would be video games and Warhammer. That's his. That's all he does, video games and Warhammer. Well, my two main hobbies would be brutality, making brutality, all that, and then Warhammer. Those are my two main hobbies. And everyone I know has one or two main hobbies. It's just whatever is high enough on your priority list to make it in one of those two coveted spots in your free time. And I listen to James talk about these games. And he's like, oh, yeah, I played Fallout 4, blah, blah, blah. And I did this and I killed these raiders and I did. And oh, my God, I want to play those games so bad. I'm like, oh, I want to play that. I've never played Fallout 4. I loved Fallout 3. I liked New Vegas, but I've never played Fallout 4. And now it's been out for like, geez, 10 years or something, a seven years, something like that. And I've never played it yet. 
And the reason why is because back when I played Fallout 3, my kids were young. I had more free time. I didn't have brutality. I didn't have any of this other stuff. Even the podcast I'm talking on right now, I didn't have things to take up my time. And I loved Fallout 3. I cannot tell you how many hundreds of hours I racked up on Fallout 3. And that makes me want to play Fallout 4. But then when I look at my small amount of free time, I'm like, uh, nah, I'll work on Brutality or I'll play Warhammer. Because at least I have something to show for that. And I'm always torn between listening to these reviews and going, oh man, that's awesome. And then listening to James talk about video games, and I'm like, oh man, that's awesome. But they just don't rank high enough on my list of priorities to make it into one of my two coveted spots. And I think that's something that probably all of you have ran into. I hear video after video, video essays people put on YouTube about A, why video games seem to suck to our generation. Now that we're in our 30s and our 40s, a lot of us that used to love video games, now we, we think they suck. Now, I'm not saying that per se. They do have their issues with the, the pay to win, the DLCs and all that stuff. I'm not even discussing that now, but they do have their issues. But a lot of these videos are talking about how they used to love video games so much when they were younger, and now they don't get excited about video games. And I see why. I see why, because you're busy. You're an adult now. You've got bills to pay. You've got work to do. You've got family and all of that. So I don't really know what the conclusion to this topic is, because I'm not really planning on changing it at any time. I mean, I could always put up some of my kids for adoption or something. That would probably free up some time slots in my personal life. I could just get divorced and, like, flee from my family. Man, I'll hold on a second. Hmm. Divorce. I never considered that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, I think it's just the natural progression of life. I think a lot of you are probably around my age, a lot of my listeners. And if you're not my age, if you're older, then you probably already know what we're going through, this sort of change of life into middle age. And if you're younger, then this is something that you may want to be wary about. Pick the one or two hobbies that you can fit in your life and just focus on them. So if you guys are my age or roughly, and you are reaching this point in your life where you're frustrated and all of that, I completely feel for you. And the only way I've been able to play any video games whatsoever and not feel bad about it and not feel like I'm wasting my time or something like that is to find games that have absolutely no grind at all. You're not grinding for stats. It doesn't have a crafting system. It doesn't have anything like that. XCOM is a great series for strategists because there's only minor, minor research tree. There's very minor base building, and it basically throws you into mission. You play the mission. It takes, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. It's turn-based, so if your kids come up to you, then you're not bothered or anything like that. It's not like a Twitch game where you're shooting around corners as people shooting at you. You end up ignoring your kids. Well, I can't do that, so I have to do turn-based games. And that's totally fine because I love turn-based anyway. But XCOM is a great series for those of you who have minimal time and you like uh, turn-based games or at least you've got children that are going to bug you every five minutes and that you don't want to play a Twitch game or you'll completely ignore them. Another one that I've recently discovered was SteamWorld Heist. It is an adorable... It looks like a Flash game, but it's not. It's an adorable 2D 
XCOM sort of turn-based combat game. And it's in a time when humans have all died out and the earth exploded and all that's left are these steam-powered robots and they don't know anything about their history or like where the humans came from or whatever. And now you travel around space and you're basically like space cowboys or space pirates, basically. And um, it's an adorable game. And you know what? I can play a mission in five to ten minutes. I can hop on. There's no crafting. There's none of that. There's no base building. You hop on. You play a mission. You're done. You log out. And that is the only way I've been able to find to be able to fit games into um, fit games into my lifestyle. I wanted to play this one game um, called Graveyard Keeper. And it was adorable. It had great sprites. It was the the um, pixel graphics. It just the imagery in that and the sprites in the background is so rich. It's really a feast for the eyes. And you play as a graveyard keeper, and it's it sounds really stupid, but it's an adorable game. That is the appropriate word for it. It's got real dark humor. It's cute. It's got cartoony effects. It's adorable. But the problem is, and this this is I played like. In the course of a week, I probably played an hour on it in the course of a week because you can pause whenever you want. And uh, the, the crafting in that game is so freaking stupid. And it really is a grind that I had to quit playing it, regardless of how much I thought it was awesome and I loved it. Because just for instance, and then I'm going to drop the topic, okay? Just for instance, you had to, and I'm, I'm going to get some of this wrong because it was like a month ago that I played this, but basically you've got to upkeep your graveyard. They have new corpses come in. you got to do autopsies and balm them and put them in the graveyard and all that. And then, of course, there's other stuff. There's the Inquisition that comes in and then ghosts talk to you. It's, it's just a cute game. But anyway, um, it's like, oh, you got to repair this gravestone. Oh, you need a graveyard repair kit. And I'm like, oh, well, what's that? So then I have to go to like the workshop. And it's like, oh, to make a graveyard repair kit, you need X amount of wood and X amount of scrap metal and X amount of uh, nails or something. So then I'm like, well, how do I do that? So then I got to chop down a tree and the tree gets turned into logs. And then I got to carry, physically carry the logs over to the sawmill and then chop them up into boards or sticks or whatever. And then I have to go find ore in the forest and mine the ore and then smelt it into bricks and then hammer the bricks into nails or scrap metal and then uh, put all that together and build a graveyard repair kit. And then I go over to the graveyard and it's a one use only item. And I'm like, are you for real? I did all that work. It, it took me 10 minutes to do all that work. And it's like a they call it a simulator because it's uh, it is very manually Nothing is automated for you. You have to go chop the wood, carry it over to the log pile, all of that. And a few minutes, you know, an hour into that game, I was like, F this. I cannot devote enough of my time. I don't care how cute the game is. I don't care if I love the humor in it. I don't care any of that. I cannot devote the time to this game. A lot of them try to get their hooks in you. They try to constantly have you engaged. And even the new Warhammer 40k Darktide game is like that, where they've got a shop where you can buy items. But guess what? It's a random list of items and it changes every hour. So you're like, oh, I'll play a couple games while I'm waiting for it to change. Right. Or, oh, you've got to upgrade this. But in order to upgrade this, you got to upgrade that or you got to finish this mission. And the way they were describing it, I haven't played it. 
the way they were describing it is that they're constantly trying to get their hooks in you for your time. They just want to grab your attention and keep it forever. And everything is designed around that. And then, oh, you'll buy more DLC or, oh, you'll play more missions. And they're just trying to monopolize your time. And I have no patience or, ironically, time for that type of game <laughs> because I just can't do it. I completely understand why they want to monopolize your time because our time nowadays is spread between so many different things. You know, you've got your Twitter, your Instagram, your YouTube, your Facebook, your cell phone, your text messages, your email, your interpersonal relationships and in face to face. You've got your Zoom. You've got a million different sitcoms and movies and drama series and just streaming platforms and so much stuff. So I understand why they want to keep their hooks in you. but. I guess that's my main issue with games nowadays is that most of them are not just simple. You know, it used to be like when you played uh, NES and you play Paperboy, you just played Paperboy and it wasn't like super stressful or I mean, I know a tornado chased you down the street, but it wasn't that stressful. It didn't constantly require you to babysit it like uh, a lot of these phone games are the same way. They want you to check in every single day because you get daily login perks or you get free things or whatever and i honestly don't think there's any change in it i think the constant hustle and bustle of life nowadays kind of dictates that they have to keep their attention uh keep your attention and keep their hooks in you for your attention and of course the microtransactions they they make millions billions of dollars in microtransactions so that's really your fault that's that's our fault as gamers for those of you that participate in microtransactions that really is is our fault, because if we didn't generate so much money for them, then they wouldn't do it anymore. So it's the same thing with the GW prices. It's just that really falls on us, because if we didn't allow it, then they couldn't do it anymore. But I guess in conclusion, the part that bothers me about modern games is that for the most part, you can't just sit down, play for a little while and get off because they want you to stay on. They want you to keep logging in. They want you to log in every day. They want you to log in for so many hours. And then you've got these timers that, you know, regenerate every hour or two hours, and you want to come back multiple times a day. And it's like, they're basically, it's the whole Skinner box thing with addiction. They want to make you addicted to their game so that you keep playing it, instead of just making a really genuinely good game that you do want to play. You know, like I, I mentioned, um, XCOM is a great game that I every year or two I come back to, even though the game is like 10 years old at this point. But I keep coming back to it because it's such a great game and it doesn't try to monopolize my time. So I guess at this point, the thing that bothers me the most is the way modern games are and how it's not really congruent with my lifestyle. And I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way, because like I said, I see videos all over YouTube about people my age complaining about the current state of games. So the best advice I can give you is to just pick those two favorite hobbies and maybe try to squeak in a third. And that's the best way you can get around it until you find yourself some more free time. And I think that's a that's an OK workaround for now. And maybe one of these days when I'm old and my kids are grown up, maybe then I will have time to get back to this stuff. But anyway. Thanks for listening to the show. I appreciate it. Thank you to GameMat.eu and Panhandle3D.com and my beautiful, sexy, good-smelling Patreon patrons, including Mitch. And I will see you next week.